So uh, as we do every year, I know some of this may be uh, new or, or different for some of you, but we start every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know some people may wonder, like, why don't we start on the first? Like, if we're supposed to give God our first, why don't we start last Sunday on the first? Because I need a week and you need a week to prepare and get off of the hol- holiday lull. And uh, if you don't need it, I do. So I needed a week to get off of caffeine and uh, some other things as well. And uh, But uh, we are taking 21 days here at the beginning of the year. And uh, we seek the Lord. Uh, and really, and I'm going to share a little bit with you about it today um, in this. But I believe that there is something significant about when we start our year off asking God, Hey, what's your plan for 2023 for me? Uh, we all have plans. I mean, some of you have already got your vacations planned. Some of you already know every day off you're going to have this year. And my question for you would be this is, have you asked the Lord about his plan for you for this year? And if the answer is maybe not enough, that's why we're seeking God in these 21 days. Uh, it's actually multifaceted. We, don't, we do want to hear from the Lord what he has. Because uh, sometimes the Lord may give you a word or a phrase. He may give you uh, some goals. He may lay some things out uh, for you. For this year, and I, this is what I know: when God, when I make a goal, it's left up to me to figure it out. But when God gives me something to do and gives me an instruction, He also gives me the grace and the ability to carry it out. And so that's part of what we're going to be talking about over these next couple of weeks, and as well as the devotionals. And so we have devotionals available for you, as Aaron said there in church news. Uh, the theme this year, and it comes out of a verse, and I'll share this with you. It comes out of Zechariah chapter 4, and I'm going to give you a little bit of context. This is actually today's devotional. If you don't know, today is day one. Uh, of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you fast without praying, you're on a diet. Which some of you may sign me up for that. But uh, that's not the point. I mean, some of us will shed some pounds, praise the Lord, that we may have picked up along the way. And, uh, but that is not the goal. It's not the intention. Uh, the intention is to connect with God in a very deep, personal way. Uh, and so when we take some things and set them aside, uh, if you weren't here last weekend, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the message. Uh, because I talked a little bit more in depth about fasting. I'm going to give you a resource here as well. Um, but I believe that when we honor God and we walk in obedience to his word, there are blessings that come. And we see throughout the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament, and Jesus himself, fasting was a regular discipline. And, uh, you know, and, and there's just something about unplugging. There just is. Uh, you know, sometimes no matter how great your device is, sometimes you got to restart your phone. You got to restart your computer. If you call technical support, what's the first question that they ask you? Have you restarted? Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, when I call tech support, I'm like, hey, before you say anything, let me tell you everything I've already done. We can skip all the preemptive stuff here. And, uh, but there are times that we need to restart and we need to reset some things in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, in our priorities. And so this is a great time during 21 days to do that. And so the scripture that the Lord put in my heart a number of months ago came, comes out of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 16. And it says, the word of the Lord uh, to Zerubbabel. Aren't you glad your parents didn't name you that? Zerubbabel. And, uh, but, and I'll give you some context here. But the Lord makes the statement to him and says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so Zerubbabel was actually um, the governor of Judah, which is part of the nation of Israel. Uh, but, he, but really, and God is speaking to a specific project. Uh, it was specifically had to do with the rebuilding of the temple of God. And they had tried before and had failed in this project. I know none of you have ever failed at anything and you've accomplished everything you've ever set out to do. Uh, but the children of Israel were not able to complete the task. And so the word, this is actually an angel speaking here. And he's bringing a word from the Lord. How many of you know that we all need a word from heaven? Whether you realize it or not. You need God to speak to you. And you're like, that freaks me out. It shouldn't. Your heavenly father wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus actually said this, that my sheep hear my voice, but they also know my voice. And it says that when we hear the voice of God, we won't follow the voice of many other things that are competing for our attention. 
And so when we fast, what we're doing is we're slowing everything down. Like turn off the TV, turn off the distractions and and give some time to the Lord. Make an appointment with the Lord. Set a time. I'm asking you for 15 minutes a day. Now, some of you may already do more than 15 minutes. Then add 15 minutes to what you normally do. And so what you can do, though, is so we have a devotional. And every day it gives you a scripture and a little thought, two things to consider and a prayer. Because I realize some of you may say, man, I don't know how to pray. We're going to help you. And so I'm going to give you so every day. So if you could put that on the screen, go ahead and get your phone out. Go ahead. It's okay. So, so the, the devotionals are available online. You can scan this QR code uh, and you can download it to your phone. You can, you can also access this if you have the Church Center app, uh, which is our app, um, right there on the bottom of it as well. Uh, this QR code will also be out there at the Information Center, so you can scan it out there. And so there's 21 devotionals for you uh, starting today. And every day, and it's along the theme, and it's really what we're talking about here, and, and um, where God is speaking to Zerubbabel, and he says, look, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my helping you that you're going to accomplish this task. And what I believe the Lord put in my heart, and why I believe the Lord uh, brought this verse to me as part of the beginning of the year, and we're going to talk about this today some, is that I believe that many of us are trying our best To be who we know that God is calling us to be and yet we are struggling and we fail and we fall and we have issues and there are things that seem to get in the way of our relationship with God. And I believe this is why is because it's not by our willpower. It's not by our own strength. It's not just trying to be a better person. It's not mental assent of me just saying, well, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't go here. I shouldn't watch that. I shouldn't say that. Like that can all be done out of here. And, we, and so it becomes just behavior modification versus allowing the spirit of God to come into our life and actually giving us not just the want to, but the ability to do. And, and so, I mean, one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that he would be our helper. He would be our aid. The Bible says that he would come to our side as an assistant to help us. Now, this is important. The Holy Spirit won't do for you. I've got bad news for you this morning. The Holy Spirit will not fast for you. But this is what I can tell you. When you fast, you become more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. That faint whisper and you're like, I'm not sure if that was the Lord or not, becomes much clearer. And, and so, you know, and, and so what happens here, and of course they go on to, to build the temple and all these types of things. And so uh, they mentioned it a moment ago, but I'm going to give you another resource. So another QR code. So get your phone back out. I know you just put it up. And uh, so there's another resource that if you want it, uh, you can get it, which is the Pray First app. Uh, and this has resources for fasting. It also has resources about prayers. If you say, man, I don't know what to pray. I would love to pray. I just don't know what to say right there. You know, you hear me talk many times. I say like, you got to go find some worship music. You got to get some stuff to kind of set an atmosphere. And you're like, I don't know. There's music on this app. This whole app is built with the idea that, Hey, we want to put every resource into your hand to help you to pray. Um, and so somebody else has paid to help us connect with God. And, uh, and so that's what this next 21 days is about. And, uh, and so we will have prayer here tomorrow night. I would encourage you to come the next three Monday nights. Um, we're just going to gather for about an hour. We're going to come. We're going to pray corporately. We're going to spend some time privately praying. And, um, and somebody will share just a brief thought as well to open up prayer um, each night. And so I just encourage you to come. And then at the end of our fast, I haven't told you this yet, but at the very end, so I don't remember the exact dates. I think it's the 27th, 28th. Is that right? And 29th. So it's a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, last year we've, uh, we're doing what we had called, uh, encounter services. Basically it was a time where we would come together and worship outside of a Sunday morning. Um, and we're going to do three, two nights and one Sunday morning. Um, many of you will know who this is, but my friend, uh, Terrence Reeves Chong is going to come and, uh, he's been with us a couple times. He's a good friend of mine from, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I always bring him in during the winter cause he needs a break from some snow and ice. And, uh, he always says yes in the winter. And, uh, but, uh, he's going to come and he's 
a phenomenal uh, man. He was actually in my first youth group. And, uh, and so they've been pastoring a, just a great church there in Minneapolis. He's going to come and he's a worshiper. And he, so he'll lead worship. He'll be playing with our team, but he'll also be preaching uh, as well during those times. And we're just going to wrap up um, our 21 days in a focused time. That's what fasting's about. It's really not, not about denying. It's really about focusing. And, uh, but this year I just really felt prompted that, hey, I wanted to, you know, we're talking about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And so we want to give some space for that. And so mark your calendars. It's Friday night. I know you're like, Friday night. At the end of 21 days, you should want more of God than you do of a lot of other things. And, uh, and I'm believing that we're going to encounter God in a fresh way and a powerful way. And that's why we're calling it what we're calling it. So we've done encounter services. This is going to be an encounter weekend. And, and I'm believing that not only are you going to encounter God over these next 21 days, but I also believe you're going to encounter God during those uh, few services. And so uh, this morning, I want to uh, just kind of jump in. I do want to welcome everybody. If you're here for the first time, so glad that you've chosen to join us. If you're here in the room or if you're online, uh, we'd love to meet you if you're online. And uh, so feel free, drop in. We'd love to uh, meet you personally and just uh, introduce ourselves to you, get to know you a little bit as well. And uh, But I want to jump into the Word of God. I've already kind of done my intro a little bit here, but I believe that many times that we can become very frustrated as Christians because we really don't have an information problem. We know what the Bible says, and we know what God expects of us. We have an application problem. And I don't mean it like as an application like we don't want like we don't want to do it. I mean like we aren't, aren't really sure how to do it sometimes. Like I know that this doesn't please the Lord for me to do fill in the blank. I know the Lord doesn't like this attitude in my life. I, I don't like this response, and, and I know that I'm supposed to forgive people, but how do I do that? Like, I mean, really, how do I just say, it's okay, I forgive you. Like, that sounds so easy to say from this perspective, but tomorrow morning, how do I continue to walk in forgiveness towards somebody? And I believe that many times is that as believers, we have tried our best and our hardest to be what we believe God is asking us to be, but we've missed one key ingredient. We've tried to do it. You know, like that thing that keeps tripping you up and you're like, this is the last time. And how many times have you said this is the last time? Look, I speak from experience. That is very frustrating. And beyond frustration, it leads into hopelessness. This is just the way I am. This is just the way my life's going to be. And so we start to accept things because of our failures, not because of God's failures. And so we have to look to him and we have to come to him. And, and so I want to read a passage of scripture to you. This comes out of Romans chapter 7. I'm going to read a few verses here. I'm going to read these first ones out of the Passion Translation. But starting in verse 14, they'll be on the screens for you. But it says that we know that the law is divinely inspired and comes from the spirit realm. He says, but I am a human being made of flesh and trafficked as a slave under sin's authority. Now, the apostle Paul here, I believe he's contrasting, comparing, contrasting the Old Testament law and new, what we would consider a new creation reality. And you're like, what does that mean? That means post-salvation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So he's comparing the old way of God interacting with humanity and this new way, this side of the cross. And, and so he says, hey, the law was good, even though it pointed out our sin. Like, how would we know what our sin was if the Bible didn't tell us? How would we know that's wrong? But yet the Bible brings conviction, right? And so he says here, and I, I really like the way that they worded this here in the Passion Translation. He says that I'm just a human being made of flesh and I'm being trafficked like a slave under sin's authority, under sin's power. And, and so he keeps going here and he says, I'm a mystery to myself. Have you ever made this statement or had the thought, what is wrong with me? You are a mystery to yourself. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm a mystery for myself. Why? Because I want to do what is right. I know what to do. 
But I end up doing what my moral instincts condemn me to do. Have you ever had this thought? You knew better than that. Why did you do that? Now, let me ask you a question. Where do you think that question comes from? Or those questions come from? I mean, even the question, why did you do this? You knew better. Well, that doesn't, that's not actually conviction. That's condemnation. Well, that, that comes from the enemy and, and he will come at us and he will use our weakness against us to get the upper hand on us. And he will see to it over and over and over again. And, and so even those moments where we do something and just get that little nudge on the inside like, oh, like I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Why, why did I? You can call it your conscience. And we do have a conscience. I mean, our, we are born with a conscience. With We know right and wrong. Like, how do I know that? Because I see it in my kids. I didn't have to tell them it's wrong to do certain things. But I can see them like, are you looking? Okay. <laughs> and that's just inherent. That, that is sin nature. And we all have it. And that's what he's talking about here. And so in verse 18, he picks up and he says, For I know that nothing good lives within my flesh or within the flesh of my fallen humanity. This isn't good news, but we'll get to some good news in a moment. You were born into sin. You didn't have a choice. Every single one of us were born into sin. And And he says, I'm convinced that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. It says, the longings to do what is right are within me, but the willpower is not enough to accomplish it. I want to do what's right. I just, man, I I just keep messing up. I just can't make it happen. He says, my lofty desires to do what are good are dashed when I do things that I want to avoid. He says, so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. Now, what's he talking about here? My true identity. I mentioned a moment. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You've got a new identity in Christ. And here, he's talking about this. He says, man, when I want to do, I, my, my behavior says I don't want to. He says, I have to conclude that I'm not living in the right identity. You have a new identity in Christ. But you can choose which one you're going to live in. You can live in that old, the Bible would call it unregenerated, unrenewed, unremade man. That's the flesh. So he says, I must conclude that I'm not living out of my true identity. He says, but the unwelcome intruder of sin is uh, hindering me from being who I really am. Let me give you some really good news this morning. That if you're saved... You actually have all the power you need to overcome every sin in your life. Now, the key part of that is that you have the ability to overcome the power of it. Because sin has a grip. And it will grab us and it will put its hooks into us. But the good news is, is that we, the Bible says in Christ that we, what? Jesus came to set us free. Now, another scripture tells us that Christ has set you free. Make sure you stay free. So just because we may have conquered something one time doesn't mean it won't come back. You're like, why would you say that? Let me give you a biblical example. You know, in the Bible where it talks about that David went to the brook and he took five smooth stones, but he only used one to kill Goliath. Do you know the Bible also records that he killed four of Goliath's brothers in his lifetime as well? It's an interesting fact of the Bible there. One rock for each giant that he would defeat. And there are times that we'll get victory for a time and the, the enemy will come back and say, Hey, is, this, is there still access here? Is this, is this door still cracked open for me? In verse 24 of Romans 7, it says, What an agonizing situation that I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man? 
from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death. He says, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So I left. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. See, we're all in a battle. Every one of us is in a battle all day, every day, all the time. This is the fact. But we have to choose. The Bible says that we've been, what, taken out of the kingdom of darkness, taken out of this world system, and we've been brought into the kingdom of life. Now, you may say, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of life? It is God's ways and God's rule in our life. It's really living according to what God's standards and God's desires are. Now, we can try to do this in our own ability. We can try to do this in our own strength. But we will find ourselves frustrated and defeated most of the time. Why? Because there is a secret sauce. How many of you have a restaurant that you love to go to and they have a secret sauce? I have one in mind right now. I don't even like the food. I like the sauce that they put on my food. I'm like, y'all can just bring me a plate of the sauce or just a cup of that sauce and just let me drink that. There is a secret sauce in the New Testament. It is called the Holy Spirit. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything that God wants us to do. Everything that Jesus has purchased for us will come by the help and the work of the Holy Spirit. So here's my first question for you today. Is what's influencing you regularly? Like if you take some time and you begin to think about this. Who are you giving access, influence into your life? Another way to say this is what's leading you or motivating you. Because we're, there are things that are guiding us. So we can be led by the flesh. We can be led by the spirit. And we'll look at a few things here in, in a moment. But so you can say it this way is that there's a lower nature and there's a higher nature. And we can choose where we're living out of. It's totally up to us. Jesus saved us. He's redeemed us. He's delivered us. He's healed us. Let me say it this way. Jesus has done everything that he can do for you. Everything. There's not one thing left that Jesus has not already accomplished for every single one of us. But it's up to us to walk it out. It's up to us to access it. It'd be like if somebody went and put a bunch of money in a bank account for you and they said, all you got to do is go to the bank. You'd get up right now and go to the bank and be like, I'm going to go get my money. Why? Because you know it's there. Well, you have a heavenly account that Jesus has already pre-funded for you and said it's ready and it's available for you. And so it's important how we live. And so I believe that many of our frustrations likely come from allowing the wrong influence into our thoughts, into our choices, and ultimately in our actions. Is that we're allowing the wrong things to influence. We're allowing things to draw us away from what we know in our heart and what we actually want. But we're allowing ourselves to be pulled away. Those appetites, those things that begin to to affect us. And, And so we can be led by a lot of things. We can be led by circumstances. Situations happen. Like, oh, well, man, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't see that coming. Well, I guess I need to do this. Well, maybe before you allow a circumstance to define what you ought to do, maybe you should ask the Lord what to do. I mean, you know, and this applies in any area of your life. There's lots of areas. Let me say it another way, is that you can have a circumstance or a problem and your mind starts calculating to figure out a solution. And it may be a really good solution. But just because it seems right in your mind doesn't mean it's the right solution. Because the Lord may give you a different instruction. You're like, that's dumb. Like, God, I know you're all knowing and I know you're wise. I know all these great things, but that's a stupid solution. I'll give you an example of this from the Old Testament. There was a a general of an army who went to the prophet of God and he had leprosy. Now, we don't know a lot about leprosy in our culture, 
But it's open sores. Like literally your fingers fall off, your ears, I mean things, it's like a flesh-eating bacteria. It's very nasty. So he comes to the prophet of God in the middle of the night and he says, hey, go go dunk in the Jordan River. And he said, look, that's a dirty, nasty, muddy river. I'm not, how dare you? Do you know who I am? He goes, man, I should kill you right now. This is the general of the army, right? And he's frustrated. He's like, the prophet wouldn't even get out of bed. And he's like, you know, he just get more and more in the flesh. And thankfully, he had one of his soldiers was with him and said, hey, sir, respectfully, if he would ask you to do something difficult, you would have done it. He's like, you're right. He's like, so why wouldn't you do this simple thing? See, it seems foolish to his natural mind. Number one, there's rivers everywhere. Why I got to go to that one? Not to mention, that's the dirty one. I don't want to go there. End of the story is the guy finally goes and dips in the Jordan River and he's completely healed of his leprosy. But it was foolishness to his mind. And sometimes I think we can write off the leadings of the Lord because we chalk it up as like, ah, that's dumb. The Lord wouldn't tell me to do that. There's been, I can tell you story after story in my own life of where the Lord has told me to do something. And I'm like, that ain't gonna work. Ain't gonna happen. And I'm like, but you know, you're, you're the Lord. I'm not. Let's go see. <laughs> when this bombs, I'll come back to you. <laughs> and then every time I come back, I'm like, you're a genius. Because what I have found is many times my plans are complicated and God's plans are simple. I'm like, oh, it can't be that easy. But yet the Lord will speak and will give an instruction. And maybe it's a scripture. Maybe it's something that I hear from somebody. Maybe it's a statement or somebody. There's lots of ways that God can communicate with us. So we can be led by circumstances. We can be led by word of mouth. Like right now, man, this economy is terrible. Okay, but I live in a different place. And I live from a different place. I still live in this world, but I don't live from it. Because my source is my father in heaven. And the Bible says he's got a, a, the cattle on a thousand hills. That he already knows my need before I ever knew it, I had it. And he's the God who sees ahead. He's going to make provision for me. And so we can listen to things. And what? We can become discouraged. Or we can go to the word of the Lord. And which is what? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I don't care about the economy. I don't care about politics. I don't care about culture. I don't care about all these. I am with you always, Jesus said, until the end of the age. I mean, just a minute ago, one of the lyrics in that last song that we were singing is not for a moment was I forsaken. And yet how many times do we buy into the lie that, man, I I just don't sense the presence of God. Then by faith, God, your word says, I may not feel anything, but I don't live by my feelings. I don't live by emotions. I don't live by my thoughts. I live by the promise of your word. And you said that you would never leave me. And I don't care what anybody says, that you're a God that does miracles. You're a God who does amazing things for my life. And so we have to what? Battle those thoughts. We have to battle what we hear. So even our, per- our perceptions of what, how we interpret the world, sometimes our whims and our desires, sometimes just the winds of the day, man, we're swayed. We're moved back and forth by things going on. But yet God wants to work and move in a different way. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus made the statement. He says that the flesh profits nothing, but the spirit brings new life. So I want to define for you, this is my definition of what the flesh is. Because it's not just this earth suit. It's not just this skin. I believe it's a combination of two things. I believe that the flesh ultimately is the unrenewed mind. Well, how do I renew my mind? Romans 12, the renewing of your mind by listening and reading and partaking of the word of God. It it renews, in other words, it helps us think differently. And so the flesh is the unrenewed mind that is led by our five senses. Sight, touch, hear, smell, taste, our experiences, that's our flesh. And here it says that the flesh profits nothing, but it's the spirit that brings life. And so it's important. We don't want to be led by our flesh. We want to be led by our spirit. In Galatians chapter 5. It says this. It says. Uh, starting in verse 16. 
It says, as you yield freely and fully. Now that's important. Yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit. You will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When it talks about your self-life, that's your flesh. I mean, by nature, man, we love us some us. We're going to protect numero uno at all cost. Right? I mean, we are. But it says when we yield fully to this life with the Holy Spirit, we'll abandon the cravings of self. You want to think about yourself a little bit less? Allow the Holy Spirit to help you. Just a fun fact here, but do you realize that pride and insecurity are really the same thing? It's an over-focus on self in both ends. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us get to the middle of the road. I don't want to be over here in the ditch and I don't want to be over there in the ditch. I want to stay on the road in the middle. So he goes on here and he says, for your self-life or your flesh craves things that offend the Holy Spirit. And they hinder you from living, or they hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self. So if you want to get a hold of and control of those hangups and those hiccups and all those things in your life, that's how you do it. It's by the Spirit of God working in you. I love how this says it says the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life. From dominating you. It says so then these two incompatible and conflicting forces within you. Are your self life of the flesh and your new creation life of the spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace. You will no longer be living under the, condi- uh, the dominion of the law or the power of sin. But you'll be soaring above it. Doesn't mean that you won't have areas of your life as long as we're alive. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to have to deal with sin. But it doesn't mean that my sin should dominate me in my mind, in my thoughts. The Bible tells us if any has sinned, let him come to God and confess his sins. Why? Because he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all of our sin. I shouldn't run away from God when I screw up. I should be running to God. Because the more I run away, the more distance comes between me and him. Now, here's the good news. You're one thought from being right back with the Lord. doesn't matter how far you run. You're a moment. You're a decision away from being back in relationship with the Lord. And, and so I want to shift gears just slightly because I'm, I'm sharing with you about the power of the Holy Spirit. He's like, okay, but how do I do that? I want to be very practical. And, and tying this in with this season of 21 days of, uh, of prayer and of fasting. Jesus makes a statement in Matthew 4, verse 4. Now, this is when Jesus is in the wilderness. Jesus is in the middle of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So, be glad we're following Daniel's example and not Jesus's. Praise God. <laughs> but yet the devil comes and tempts him. Now, this is important for you to know. Please, if you're going to participate in this 21 days, the devil will come during these 21 days. Things that you don't even like all of a sudden become tempting. It's crazy. It really is. Like, I don't even like this TV show, but all of a sudden I want to watch it. Things that, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to go clean out that closet. I need to go clean out that shed that I ain't looked at in four years. All of a sudden, it's important. The enemy is going to come with temptations. Why? To try to get you to quit. And look, I'm not telling you what to do. All I'm saying is ask the Lord and just do what he tells you to do. Like, well, what if I don't know? If you think it's the Lord, here's, let me help you. Even if it's not the Lord, I believe God is so good and so gracious that anything that you do in an attempt to honor him... He will still honor. Take the pressure off. This is not pressure. If that's the way you feel about it, then you're looking at it completely wrong. This is a call to come close to God. And when I get close to God, he'll clean me up. I don't have to do it. I I just have to cooperate with him. 
But Jesus makes a statement, and because Satan comes to him, this is the account. It's actually in Matthew, and I believe it's Luke 4 as well, but Matthew gives us a little bit more context. And so it says that Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Like, newsflash, hello. And Satan comes to him, and he attacks his identity, and he says, hey, if you're really the son of God, I know you're hungry. And Look at this fresh, fresh break, baked bread right out of the oven. Hallelujah. Just take a whiff, Jesus. Just take a deep breath. He's like, hey, if you're, you could have more of that. Just turn that rock into some bread. Now, we don't think that much about bread because it's, for us, it's the appetizers. You go to certain restaurants and they bring you like bread out, put some butter on it. And like, mm, this is the appetizer. In their culture, bread was the main course many times. So their understanding when Jesus is making, and even when we see this, and so Jesus actually quotes, so the temptation comes, and this is important. When you're tempted, you have to respond. Don't let that thing sit. Because the enemy's going to come during this next 20 days. Technically, 20 days after day, 21 days if you include today. But he's going to come, and he's going to try to tempt you. He's going to try to get you off of, off of track and try to get you to move away from the things that the Lord put in your heart to do. So he says, hey, Jesus, man, just turn that, that bread. If you're really God, why don't you just prove it real quick? And Jesus makes a statement in verse 4. He says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, sometimes there are things in our life that, man, we don't even realize it. But they're actually a hindrance to our walk and relationship with God. And sometimes we have to discipline our body. Not really a fan of that. But I do love what it produces. And there's an intimacy and a closeness and a nearness with God that comes during my 21 days every year. Every year. This isn't the only time that I do these things. And and look, you can do it whatever you want. There is no right or wrong. You just got to determine it. And don't, let me me give you a little tip here. Put it in writing. I'm going to do this. Because then you can't fudge it. Because if you think, I think I'm going to do, you're going to think differently in two days. You're going to be like, I know I was thinking five, but I really meant three. The enemy's going to come and say, did the Lord really say, I know I was going to do this and that. And... Now, Jesus says man does not live by what he puts in his mouth. He lives and he exists. When, he, when Jesus is talking about living here, he's not talking about breathing and blinking. and those. He means living like having the, the breath of life, like when... God breathed into the nostrils of Adam. And the Bible says that the breath of life came into him and he became a living being. That's what Jesus is referring to here. So we have to respond when our flesh talks because it will. You're like, I don't know if mine will. It will. Trust me. It will. But you can't just remove things and not put something else in their place. I'll give you, I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. Like... Like just, if you're going to not do lunch, not do dinner, not do breakfast, not do something like that. You need to connect with God. And you will find that God is stronger than the food that you would have eaten. But you need to be in his word. You need to pray. You need to take a few moments. I'm encouraging, take 15 minutes a day. Five minutes in the word. Five minutes in worship. Five minutes in prayer. Do that every day. Now, you're not going to form a habit in 21 days. I know everybody says that. That's not actually true. It takes you more like 60 days to really get a, a habit concrete in. But I believe that at the end of the 21 days, you'll be stronger than you were at the beginning. And you're going to say, oh, man, there was something to this. But we have to respond. And so when we respond, what we're actually doing is we're exercising our spiritual authority over our flesh. And that's important. 
Because here's what I believe. I don't believe that we can actually take authority over the enemy if we don't even know how to take authority over ourselves. And sometimes we're trying to rebuke the devil and we need to be rebuking ourselves. Taking authority over ourselves. I know you want that, but you don't need that. It's a powerful thing. I had a friend of mine one time say it this way. You just got to exercise your no muscle. Tell yourself no. That's the hardest person to tell no. I don't mind telling my kids no all day long. No, 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 no. Don't touch that. Don't look up. Don't even think about it. But then I get to myself and I'm like, well, one more piece of candy won't hurt. You know, <laughs> me. <laughs> kids are in bed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's what I want you to know about fasting is that fasting is not about impressing God. I'm not trying to win favor with him. The Bible says I already have favor with him. I'm not trying to get, I'm, so I'm not trying to impress him. I'm not trying to get out of boys. I'm not trying, I, I, I'm not trying to like get in the good, like, Lord, if I fast, I just know you're going to answer my prayer. No, the Bible says that God answers the prayer of faith. Not the prayer that has been fasted over. Now there are, I believe there are some situations and even from the Bible's perspective, there are times that we run into things that it's going to take prayer and fasting. There's something powerful about that combination. But God will answer our prayers when we believe them. And so, but, so fasting is not about impressing God, but it is about connecting with him. And see, and when I connect with him, I connect with his power. I connect with his ability. Not by my strength. Not by, by, by my ability. Not by my wisdom. But it's by the spirit of God that I'm going to walk victoriously. That you're going to walk victoriously. And we have to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And so I'll just give you the reference for this. But in Daniel chapter 1, verses 12, 13, 15, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were uh, slaves in the uh, land of Babylon. And they were considered to be like the elite. They were like the special forces, if you will. Not necessarily fighters, but they were, had a, they were very instrumental. And so they had brought them in. And so they wanted to train them in the ways of Babylon because they were from the nation of Israel. And they brought them there and they said, hey, we want to train you. And here's something interesting too. They changed their name. Why? Because they were attacking the identity of who they were. And the enemy still does that to us. Maybe not physically our name, but he still wants to challenge. What I... I know that's what the pastor was talking about, but that ain't true for you. He said, you could be victorious. Now you're a loser. That's the devil talking. And so Daniel is in training with his couple of buddies and they have the king's buffet before them. Because they need to look right. And and Daniel says, hey, we don't want to defile ourselves. We don't want to pollute ourselves with the things of Babylon. He says, hey, would you just bring us vegetable and water for 10 days. Well, actually, he says, can we just eat the vegetable and water? And the, the guy who's in charge is like, oh, no way. You ain't getting me killed. Ain't no way I'm getting in trouble for you. And so he says, hey, just give it 10 days. Just give us 10 days. Just see what happens. So after the 10 days, this is what the Bible says. At the end of the 10 days, it says, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. See, I believe that we can be stronger and better. I believe our relationship with the Lord can be even more intimate than it is right now. They only did 10 days. Now, later on, we did, Daniel did 21 days. That's where we get 21 days from. It's from the book of Daniel. But see, you got to make the determination. God, I'm going to seek you. I'm not trying to get anything from you. I want you. I need your spirit. I need, to, I need to learn what your presence feels like so I can recognize it. I need to, to hear your voice so that I know when it's you speaking to me. And as we, we take this time over these next 20 days, 21 days, see, I believe that from the Bible that We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, body. We are. And each one has cravings. Each one of the elements, parts of us, they have cravings, they have desires. So in these next few weeks, we're going to be determining which one we're going to feed. 
Let me just add this in. Which one do you want the strongest? Because whatever you feed gains in strength. And whatever you starve loses power. And your emotions may be talking to you too much. And you may be led too much by, by your emotions. You may be led too much by your thoughts. You may analyze things that you've analyzed four times and you just keep rehashing it. Maybe it's time to get out of your soul. Maybe it's time to get out of your flesh and really start turning to the Lord and saying, God, I can't do anything. Now, I don't have time to, to get into it today, but let me. But this is the beginning, so I, I do want to say this. In Isaiah 58, verse 6, the Lord actually talks about that you could fast just in the natural. You can just say, yeah, hey, that sounds good. I'll do that. But he said, that's not the kind of fasting that I'm calling you to. The fasting I'm calling you to is going to change your life. It's going to set you free. It's going to break off the bonds that the enemy has brought into your life. It's going to bring freedom and liberty and joy into your life. Those things that you've been hung up on, there are things that can happen during your fast where just in a moment of time, it's like something just clicks and all of a sudden it's like, boom, that weight, that oppression. Just in a moment of time, something happens. Well, what is that something? Jesus showed up. I've shared this a number of times with you. Some of you may not have heard this. When I was a teenager, I dealt with depression. And I walked into a classroom one way, but when I walked out, I was totally different. And, I, and look, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't interested in it. I wasn't serving God. I didn't give a rip about God. I was uh, really antagonistic to the church. I thought it was all foolishness. And God got my attention in a moment of time. Because I heard somebody talking about something and all of a sudden I thought, man, would God do that for me? And in a moment of time, just in that fast, I just felt like the weight of the world got lifted off of my shoulders. See, that can happen during your 21 days. And I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if it's relational. I don't care if it's in your relationship with God. Is that when you seek the Lord, you will find him. And when you find him... The Spirit of God shows up and He frees you. And He delivers you. And He heals you. And He restores you. And He gives you joy. And He gives you peace. Why? Because it's the presence of God. And so when I prioritize the presence of God, I get everything that He is. Because when He shows up, He brings everything with Him. And so I want to encourage you. I want to stir you up today. I want to challenge you. Like take these 21 days and apply yourself to them. And when you mess up or you, you, you maybe fudge a little bit, just say, okay, I'm just getting back up. I'm not going to quit. I might have messed up in that moment, but it's okay. That donut got the best of me. All right, Lord, my flesh is weak, obviously, but I'm not going to get into condemnation. I'm going to recommit myself. Help me to do better. And I made it two days. I'm going to make it three. Oh, man, I, I made it to day five before I messed up. All right, start over. Don't throw in the towel. Why? Because God will honor your persistence. And you need to have some things that you're believing for during these 21 days. Don't just be like, well, I'm going to read my Bible. No, apply your faith. What are you asking God to do during these 21 days? And be specific. I need direction. I need wisdom. I need, I need to know about my job situation. The situation with my kids, man, that I can't do anything about it anymore. I've done everything that I can do, but it's not by might and it's not by my power. But God, by your spirit, you can move in my family member's life. And I'm going to pray for them every day. Be specific. What are you dealing with that is too big for you? That's what 21 days is for. And we're going to invite God into our impossibility. We're going to invite God into those moments where it's like, God, I am tapped. I don't have anything left to fight anymore on that front. Now is the time. Now is the moment to come to the Lord. And you may be here and say, man, I don't have anything in my life. Praise the Lord. You need to seek the Lord. Why? Because some's coming. At some point, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it, it's just the facts. Life happens and life hits hard sometimes. But God wants to set us free. He wants us to experience his power. He wants us to experience his presence. And man, there's just something about setting time aside 
We do 21 days. So don't just take things out of your life. You got to put some disciplines in your life. You got to pray. You got to read the word. Do some things you typically don't do. Maybe give more time if you have a, a regular discipline of, of devotional life and prayer with that, with the Lord. Just give it more. Now, let me, I didn't say this last week. Derek did tell me this. Let me give a disclaimer. If you're going to do something with your food, you might need to go check with your doctor. Just a little disclaimer there. If you're on medications or something like that, please don't be foolish. But let me, I'll I'll wrap up with this, I promise. I'm wrapping up with this one. Is that you can do more than you think you can. You really can. You're stronger than you think. Not in yourself. Philippians 4.19, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not me, it's Christ through me. And you may say, man, I could never miss a meal. I used to say the exact same thing. I was convinced that I could not fast. I'm like, that's a spiritual gift that I just don't have. <laughs> Somebody else has it, but the Lord did not bless me with that bit, with that ability. Because I tried a few times and I was totally bombed. I made it like past lunch an hour and I'm like, dear Lord, I'm about to pass out. Because <laughs> I went cold turkey from going full bore like, like man, I got to get more caffeine in. I'm giving it up tomorrow. My zeal had a lot of ignorance in it. And I had set myself up for failure. And I'm blaming the devil. And the Lord's like, what all that Dr. Pepper you drank yesterday? Let's not talk about yesterday. I'm living in the present. And you may need to take some time. And look, you don't have to do the same thing for all 21 days. I'll rotate it. I don't know if I've ever done just one thing for all 21 days. There are certain things that I do that are just givens. But for me... But there are things that the Lord's going to stir up in me. And you may get to, I mean, the Lord's done it where I did something for seven days, seven days, seven days. He's had it where I've done things at certain meals or certain things, certain times. But I seek the Lord. But again, please hear me. This is not law. This is not heavy. If it's heavy, you're doing it wrong. I love you, but you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean it won't be challenging. But what I'm saying is that God will meet you in the area of your weakness. And by his spirit, you can do more than you think. And when you begin to walk that out, you might even get a little impressed with yourself. And be like, man, look at me. But God's going to show up and God's going to meet you. And you'll experience the goodness of God in just a fresh, powerful way. And so I want to pray over you this morning.